Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show and your interim host, Joel Blank, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Hey, back. Second hour of the show coming up right now as we roll forward. we got some U of H tickets to give away here coming up real soon, so you got a chance to win those. Stay tuned for that. Vernon Maxwell is going to join us down the road a little bit as well. So VMAX in town for the weekend. got a golf tournament coming up. He'll talk about that. We'll talk about old times. We'll have some fun. Probably have some cuss bombs in it along the way. Uh, but that's just part. <laughs> Not part from of the me. Course. Sean's been nice knowing you. You're probably going to be on the employment line if you don't do your job. Uh, but uh, all those being, you know, all the things being said, we're having a lot of fun with the reunion tour here. Got Barry back in the building, which is always good. We were talking Astros baseball and baseball for the majority of the first hour, as we do in season. But plenty more things to get to. Uh, we've been talking and, and highly focused, and I wanted to get your opinion yesterday on the fact that. The quarterback we knew was going to be in the crosshairs with the Houston Texans, and we know we got the final preseason game coming up this weekend. I don't think anybody's holding their breath or watching for any camp battles that may work (laughs) themselves out this weekend. But it is interesting that as much as we're talking about and focused on C.J. Stroud and the announcement that isn't and D'Amico's annoyance with it and everything that goes with it, that across the league there are other issues going on. And one of the guys we talked about this offseason as a guy that I continually said was not working out in San Francisco. No matter how much they gave up and where he was when he was drafted and where he was drafted, he just hasn't performed. And you kind of got that indication when a guy like D'Amico probably could have gone out and got him if he saw things at practice that others didn't see and thought, I can get this guy because they got Brock Purdy, because they have Sam Darnold, because they have guys. But no one made a move, and now the Niners are going to have to. And it looks like they're going to sell for pennies on the dollar, but they've basically... All but said, Trey Lance is out there on the market. Who wants him? Come get him because he's not our guy. Yeah, it's amazing from third pick into the in the draft to well, third string quarterback, and can't even. I mean, and barely holding on to that. I you feel like if maybe there was a fourth guy in camp that that was worth anything, might be able to give him a run for his money. And I feel bad. I, I you know I don't dislike the guy, but I. I never did think that Trey Lance was going to be a good NFL quarterback. I, I didn't. I just didn't like his game. I didn't think it translated. And if you can't be good in that offense, if you can't be good under that coach, it just speaks volumes for for your lack of skill. I guess. And before we get to that, and I'm interested in both y'all's opinions on this. But John Lynch was on KNBR in the Bay Area talking about Trey Lance, and he basically said, and I quote. Trey made incredible leaps and bounds this year, and I think his game showed that. I give him a lot of credit because we didn't tailor an offense around him that highlights a lot of the things Trey is able to do, and I think he grew from that. So you're essentially saying that he grew from not running a system that was better suited for him and his skill set. You benefited from that because now they're showing you the door I don't know how you benefited from that, John Lynch. Is that a slap at Shanahan? Is that is that something that the Niners are basically saying we did this, and so now we're going to have to do that? I mean, I think that's just that that's probably Lynch just trying to find a, a way to kind of sugarcoat what what to this point looks like a huge mistake by the organization. I mean, that's really what that is. How, what, how else do you say that? Hey, this guy has has been a failure. And it's it's not a knock against him. It just didn't work. Sometimes guys get drafted really high, and they don't ever live up to that potential, and they're just not good. You know, if if Trey Lance was drafted in the third round, 
or the fourth round and and the third pick in that round, it's it's a whole different conversation. But you can't go number three in the draft and just not be able to perform, not be able to stay stay healthy. We I hate you know we use the term bust, but that's what this is at this point. If you can't beat out the last pick in the NFL draft from last year, yeah, yeah not in the first round, y'all. The last pick, yeah. Of the entire draft. And Sam Darnold, bro. That, to me, that's the thing. It says it yeah. speaks. But if, with a head that big, there's a lot of knowledge in there. If I'm you can't beat out Sam Darnold for a backup position. I mean, we don't want to call, like, you kind of hesitated calling Trey Lance a bust. I don't feel like we hesitate calling Sam Darnold a bust. Nah, I don't. And Sam Darnold beat out Trey Lance in a quarterback battle. <laughs> Thank true. You. Just, yes. just now. Yeah. It's true. And I've been the guy that always said, look, when, you, when you're a quarterback coming into the league and we talk about giving the guy the best opportunity to succeed. And you always want to give them the right stable of skill players, a good offensive line, all these things. But when you're Sam Darnold, you got the absolute ass bottom of the barrel on everything. <laughs> you got every year you got a new coach, yeah. you got a new offensive coordinator, you had a new offense to learn, and, and you hear quarterbacks across the league talk about it takes me a good year of with the playbook to really be comfortable with all of the audibles and the the play calls and the options of it to where you've got, you know, even Brady said when he went to Tampa, it took him like six, seven months to kind of really finally get every play and, and understand every nuance of the book. This guy's done it every year throughout his career, and I think that leads to some of the reasons why he hasn't been what a lot of people thought he could be. But yet, with all that said, at a certain point, talent supersedes everything. Yeah. And so he hasn't, but now all of a sudden he has. That tells you what Trey Lance is, right? Because yeah. most organizations and general managers, when they make a pick like this, and we saw this with the Bears and Trubisky, when you spend as much as you did to go get a guy like that, you are giving him probably two more chances than he deserves in terms of all the opportunities to succeed. Yeah. Trey Lance really, yeah, he's been injured too, but he hasn't really gotten any of it because they're scared to death he's going to crap the bed. Yeah, and and just real quick to go back to the Lynch quote, I mean, to say you didn't tailor an offense around him, and, and I said that he's trying to like sugarcoat it, the fact is... In order to tailor an offense around a quarterback like Trey Lance, you literally have to overhaul the offense, right? Because if you have, if you're tailoring an offense around a quarterback, then that means like, okay, if this guy's a pocket passer, we got to go out and get really good guys in pass pro. But if this guy's a scrambler, we got to get guys that are a little more nimble on the offensive line that can roll with him. We've got to look for running backs that can block and tight ends that can Absolutely. leak and all these different things. So, yeah, they weren't going to tailor an offense around Trey Lance. They kind of square peg round hold it. You know what I mean? Like if if that if that if he wasn't a fit, why'd you draft him? Well, that's one thing. Two, you got the most ingenious offensive mind in the game today, according to most. Yeah, and so he should be work, able to exactly. make him work. And then the third thing in all of that is you took a guy that was Mister Irrelevant and made him look like an All Pro. So if Trey Lance can't just pick up the fact that all I got to do is get it out of my hands quickly and find the, the the guy that's open in all the different progressions. And it's basically a boom, 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 gone ball situation. And, and it's made Brock Purdy look like a, a, a legit starter in this league from teams that passed on him throughout an entire draft. Why can't he do that too? Yeah. I mean, it's a simple question. Yeah, I, and Trey Lance is a guy who like just really has had like some bad luck in, in in this run here, because he was supposed to be the starter last year. He just gets hurt. One game was in a torrential downpour. So now that he's on the trademark, I mean, that's not even talking about in college. He only played 16 games at North Dakota State. So, like, there's just not a lot of tape out at, uh, on him. And he, well, that sounds familiar. Pick, hmm? 
That sounds familiar. North Dakota State. No pig not working out. Not a lot of not a lot of college reps and not a lot of pro reps and not that good. Sounds exactly like Davis Mills. Or but or, the difference or, or, is. Or how about not a lot of tape on him, which is Brock yeah. Osweiler. Yeah, but yeah. but the difference is, Small is sample you size. got Davis yeah. Mills in the third round. You didn't waste right. the third pick in the draft. Straight up to do it, too. I, but, yeah. But you know what, to oh. Sean's point, though, in terms of he got a lot of bad luck, he also got a lot of good luck. Because you know what? If there's anybody that can say it was a blessing and a curse that COVID happened, COVID happened and he only played one college yeah. game. He got and to he played lock one in. college game. He didn't play well, but you know what they said? Because he really couldn't prepare because of everything that was going on. And you know why else he's lucky and not bad luck? Because he got $27.5 million so far in his career to not have a career that anybody's speaking of and be looking for another team. He's yeah. gotten paid hand over fist no matter what. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, so, no, no, so, but saying, Sean was saying it, it's unlucky, saying but it's running. also lucky in the fact that it, in any other situation where there wasn't COVID and you saw who this guy really was. Yeah, yeah maybe he does. Maybe he is a He's Kwame player. Brown. He yeah. wouldn't make any of that money, and he wouldn't be a, a $27 million man. Yeah. That, is, that is true. That is true. It's just that the specifically with the Niners. Now, he also, maybe he didn't have the best luck, but he also – didn't exactly make his own luck in right. grabbing this job by the horns kind of thing. Like, he had, th- what, this is his third year there. He hasn't made that step that, or shown enough that Kyle Shanahan feels comfortable. Maybe not overhauling his offense to suit him, but, you know, trying to shift things around to have Trey Lance at least have a package in the offense. And it's a great point. If you If you see something special in Trey Lance, yeah. You immediately start going, okay, you know what? We got to change this. We got to change that. I know he's not good yet, but he will be. Yeah, he I mean, will be. We just got to do this and do that and be patient, and he'll come around. I see it. I feel it. I know it. That ain't happening. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a different coach, different situation, but like that's what Sean Payton did for Taysom Hill. The fact that, that mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan isn't doing that for Trey Lance, <laughs> throw away all the, the fact he doesn't have any actual game tape. If I'm a team trading for Trey Lance, I don't know what I how I value him because the smartest coach in the league, what, who everyone believes is the smartest coach in the league, didn't put him on the field. Let me tell you how this all translates to knowing that you got the right guy and guys with the Houston Texans based on what just happened and is happening with Trey Lance. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a lot, a whole lot more. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side. It is the usual suspects reboot or the OBs or the Paul Gallant show. It's ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. I don't get it. You never know what you're going to get. wondering why there sounds like there's an actual adult hosting this time slot it's because there is it's the paul galan show with your adult host joe blank live from the veritex community bank studios the ob of the killer bee that would be me i guess i'm the adult in the room yes. especially next to the guy who's banging his head right now what that's uh the, the gyrations you were doing yeah. there to the beasties yeah that's that's appropriate, I feel like. Is but it I not? finally become appropriate in your older age. Barry Laminak joining me and Sean Mapes on Sean Mapes' vacation tour where he gets to actually relax, spread his wings, and have some fun instead of having to worry about babysitting the child in the room. If you're listening to Spencer, not How? me. I mean, Spencer said that, not me. But it is the Killer Bees reunion tour uh, known as oh. the OBs. Yes. Barry Laminak, Joel Blank, uh, the former artist formerly known as The Usual Suspects. How is... Uh... How old is Paul? 
How old is Mr. Galan? In dog years, adult <laughs> life, is the cat experiences. Years? Isn't he a cat guy too? Uh, oh, like me? Yeah, yeah. You guys are both cat. Yeah, guys. yeah. How how he's thirty? Sean held it up. He's like three feline. something. He is thirty four. He's thirty. Is he really? Yeah. Just I didn't think he was that old. Makes me or not just feel this year. He's got the eyebrows of a seventy year old man. Eyebrows? Yeah. Paul? It, they're they're bushy eyebrows. Yeah. Are they? Oh yeah. yeah. He looks like that dude on uh, sixty minutes. <laughs> Oh, the, is it Andy Rooney that used to do that? <laughs> Andy you Rooney? ever wonder? <laughs> yeah. You ever wonder Paul's, why Paul's eyelashes, eyebrows are that big? Tell you what, that Paul's age. a handsome man, but he's got some Andy Rooney's above the eyes. Oh, I, I just looked up Andy Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Google it if you're done out and about. First wild hair. It'll ruin your lunch. There. It'll ruin your lunch. Oh, you'll be like, oh, I'm definitely not getting angel How hair pasta. See? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not getting sprouts on my salad. He didn't need to manscape, just get a tweezers. <laughs> or some tweezers. No. The side photos, the like the oh. profile post uh yeah. know, profile pictures of Andy Rooney were like it's crazy. It looks like he has a like, cotton ball, like long cotton <laughs> it ball. It was like um if he was like it was like he was a Muppet. Yeah, and they yeah, put the eyebrows on like eyebrows. that. Yeah, just put slap those Muppet eyebrows on there and said, "Go get them, Andy." It's like, it's I, and, and I don't want to bring up politics. Right, I'm just talking hair, but it really does look like Trump's hair above his eyes. Like if you look at, because Trump's hair is kind of wildish. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the same look. That is outstanding. Yeah, that's uh, so sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to. You know, was, yeah, that was the, he's that a handsome was the, man. That was the draft day comp that uh, Barry came up with. Andy Rooney. <laughs> Andy Rooney. He's a handsome man. The Lanzerline <laughs> breakdown of the draft possibilities of Paul Galan. <laughs> he's got great lips. I have eyebrows oh. for my. <laughs> he's good at talking. So How's he's his got... lip turn, Barry. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's lip turn with with him because he's oh. not a. Uh, so he's got great lips, not great hips. But mm. yeah. Uh, you just got to make sure you keep the camera just above or below the eyebrow because you, yeah, you don't want to freak the kids out at home. Barry's quote, he has great lips, <laughs> not great hips. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I, do, I think you do. Okay. I, maybe you know. I'm staying right. away from that one <clears throat> You know, at that point. That is attributed to that guy right there, Barry Lamina. No. So let me try and reel this back in real quick. I was saying to you guys, Trey Lance's situation may have solidified that you got the right guys in Houston. Uh-huh. I, I, I think the first thing when you hear that is everybody thinks, well, you got C.J. Stroud because we had talked in the offseason about, well, what happens if you just took Will Anderson and you really felt like none of the quarterbacks in the draft were any good? And then we had the indi- indication that Trey Lance might be available because of what Purdy did, because they had Darnold, because they, they found their diamond in the rough to where they could actually – move on, maybe get something for Trey Lance. And before camp started, the price tag was way up, and you'll Mm, get to that. mm. But to me, it says more about the fact that you got the right guys unlike the last two years. You got D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick. You got guys that if they truly saw what we didn't get to see every day at practice could have said, hey, you got Purdy. You don't need Lance. Let's work something out to where we can get a guy that can help us. You can get a pick or two that helps you. And everybody gets kumbaya, and it's kind of like you helping me get established in Houston while you do your thing. But instead, you found out everything you needed to know about Trey Lance, Bobby Slowick, and D'Amico Ryans all in one false swoop because you didn't get go and get a guy that they clearly did not want. Yep. You did not have to spend Great anything point. to even think about doing that. 
and you took a guy in the process, whether you agree with the trade or not, or what they gave up to get C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson or not, and we said they're going to be linked together, but you set the foundation for what you were going to do without anything from your past where you could have gotten what you needed to get. So I think that's a huge credit to the Houston Texans. That's a good point because you feel like back in the day, if this was still the Billy O.B. Houston Texans, the thought process would have been, I can fix him. I'm the quarterback guru. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because you look at the garbage that they ran out on the field year after year at quarterback until they drafted Deshaun Watson, which somebody in the room finally had to say, Bill, you're not fixing any of these cats. They all they're all garbage. You're not you're not making it better. But that was his mindset. Yeah, we can go get Trey Lance for a second round, third round pick. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. I can fix him. And then he doesn't. So you're right. This that that would not have surprised me before, and the fact that they didn't, I feel good. Well, you also go feeling. back though to when Bill O'Brien had Deshaun Watson, and it's almost like the Lynch quote: "Did you do anything and recreate your offense and redo your playbook to accentuate the talent and the skill set of Deshaun Watson?" No, he just extended plays. Mm-hmm. He just showed you who how damn athletic and 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 talented he was, and made your vanilla white bread offense look halfway decent. So you didn't want Bill O'Brien anywhere near a Trey Lance. If you had Lovey Smith or you had David Culley and you had their systems, you wouldn't have enhanced anybody Mm-mm. coming in at quarterback. Mm-mm. So now the fact that you do have two guys that know their side of the football and know today's modern day football and can also decipher whether Casario could or not, or can or not, as we continue to, to, to evaluate that, they knew this was a guy they didn't need and didn't want to have. And if you truly were looking for your franchise quarterback, they had a better option in the draft. Well, let's just hope that C.J. Stroud is not Trey Lance 2.0. But even, if he, just... but even if he is, well, I mean, again, in the black cloud in the room that everybody hates me for saying that I hated the trade the minute it was made is the fact that, you could have gotten out of it if he isn't right. the guy at next year with your own pick, which you gave away instead of giving away Cleveland's pick. Yeah. And we'll maybe we'll never know if that was on the table. When you look at the videos that were on social media of the behind the scenes in Arizona, it, it, it seemed like they had never discussed the Cleveland pick. Yeah, like that, it was only the Texans. Pick. And because what you don't want to do is what Sean and I were doing at the break while you were out of the room. And that's going back and looking at history and looking at that draft where the Niners got, the a pick from the Niners were sitting at twelve, and traded up with Miami uh, to move up to three. So Miami had Houston's pick, by the way. Another Thank, Houston yeah, could have been Tunsil. third. Yeah, so they move up uh, to 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 pick third. San Francisco does and takes Trey Lance, who then that pick would have been twelve, and that's where the Cowboys got in. And drafted Micah Parsons. Ooh. So first things first, you look at if you're the Niners and go, we could have Micah Parsons if we had stayed at 12. And don't even start looking at the names that came just after Trey oh, Lance. Oh, let's start. Why don't you just rattle off a few? Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jay Luato, Pene Sewell, J.C. Horn, and Patrick Sertain second. Just boom, boom, and you're just like, mm, oh. Mm, mm, mm. Including oh. the Dolphins getting Waddle. So the, the Dolphins <laughs> traded had the third pick. They traded yep. back to 12. Yep. Then they traded back up to six yeah. and took a better player than the, the team that traded all the picks to the Dolphins <sighs> to take a quarter. It's almost like sometimes you can get too smart for your own good and 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 maneuver yourself 
out of solid picks, right? Because when you look at it, any of those names that, that we just rattled off between three and 12, Trey Lance, all the way down to Micah Parsons, you'd love to have. And by the way, mixed in between there, Devontae Smith and Justin Fields also in that mix. You could even add Justin Fields over Trey Lance. Well, it, it, but when you Which think. I'm not a fan of Fields either, but it's still at this point, I think it would have been a better pick. Yeah, at least he can play. Yeah. Like, at least, at least he's been but, on the field. But you also realize, too, from an organizational standpoint, how quickly you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse. Mm. Because when the Bears needed Mitch Trubisky, who was the team they traded with? The Niners. Yeah. And the Niners reaped all the benefits for one spot in the draft to get all the extra draft capital and assets they got. They looked like geniuses. And then on the flip side, mm-hmm. a, a couple years later, <laughs> they go and do what they've done with the Trey Lance pick and all they gave up to get him. And you go, see, it's not as easy as it looks. And all it takes is one misstep, no matter what big step you took before, to get everybody to start questioning. That's how general managers lose their job so quick. Yeah. It's and it's 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 difficult. It's an inexact you can't science. predict. It is, and it's but it's always fun to go back and look and go, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Especially when there's so many moving parts yeah. to like people moving up, people move. I mean, the Eagles had the twelfth pick, then they traded up to the tenth pick to get uh, Devontae Smith. The Cowboys ended up getting the twelfth pick and getting Micah Parsons. <laughs> like all, everyone involved in the 2021 draft basically came out better than the San Francisco 49ers did. <laughs> and at the well, time, like you said, a- after some of their shrewd moves in past drafts, you kind of have you kind of have like a benefit of doubt that comes with this team. And sure. it, yeah, like you said, it goes to show that I mean it's basically like being in Vegas and like they just stayed at the table for one one hand too long. <laughs> one hand too and many. Now look at them. And and if you're curious if you're out there listening and you're curious uh who went 1 and 2 in that draft because we started with 3 and just rattled off through 12 that was the uh, trevor lawrence at number one and zach wilson oh at number two jets, in that draft. jets how you Ugh. doing yeah so it, i mean jets gonna jets you kind of expect that but for two years they got out of it but now yeah he better figure it out and then aaron Rodgers better be a hell of a freaking big brother that he wasn't with anybody else to figure out that he needs help to try and get to where they took him but you look at it too you know and, and sean to your point because it, it's great you're absolutely right in terms of how the really good general managers are able to go in the same draft within multiple trades to go up, to go down, to maneuver, and still get players that you need for your roster and really not lose all that much. In some cases, you gain assets by doing it. You just have to be real savvy. But the other thing is when you look at it, like take Aaron Donald's draft, right? Because you can look at it and say, well, Michael Parsons went all the way down to 12. Mm -hmm. If you could redo that draft, there's no way he gets out of the top five. But if you look at the draft with Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald went to like 13. Yeah, but Jadavian Clowney in the same draft, who wanted the same kind of money, Ugh. was in the top three. Yeah, Texas I mean, fans you know, know it well. It is it is a crapshoot. That is for sure. Um, no, right. you know, and you know, credit to LZ and all he does because he is unbelievable in terms yeah, of. Really but is. no matter how much you delve into and scout and develop and, and watch and and all the different tests and all the different things, until you get to that next level, playing against grown ass men every day. It's, it's an inexact science to All some right. degree. You mentioned, you brought up Aaron Rodgers because we mentioned Zach Wilson and the Jets. So I want to ask you, uh, and we can get Sean's input on it in a second, but um, I saw this. This was a question asked via The Athletic. Uh, I subscribe, and they send out a, like a daily newsletter in the mornings to kind of get you going. And it's a really, it's a great newsletter. It kind of keeps you up, yeah. uh, updated on what's going on. But they had a question that they asked. Who would who would have who will have more wins in this coming season, Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence? And on the surface, you think that's ridiculous. 
So start to think about it. Right? Well, yeah, I mean. Who do you think has more wins, Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence? Just right off the bat, what do you think? Well, I mean, to me, the easy answer right away is you think it's the Jets. But when you look at the schedule and you realize <laughs> that the divisions and yeah. and who's in them and what you're facing, regardless of who you're playing in your, in your non-division uh, games, makes a difference. And we know how easy the South is, and we know that their their <laughs> division and their schedule is soft. Compared to the Jets, who are going to play the Bills twice and the Patriots twice and the and uh, the uh, the Dolphins twice and, and and then all the other games they're going to play. So it, it, it's it's whether you believe Jacksonville is more than a one hit wonder, and you believe that Rogers still has something left in the tank, and the Jets can do what everybody's hoping they can do. Except me. So I mean, <laughs> well, I can tell you. Uh, so yesterday I looked it up, and it's it's moved on one, uh, but like you know, on a lot of other places. They still have the same, but the Jags, both the Jags and the Jets expected win total to set at nine and a half. So they both as a team, yeah, they both have nine and a half wins, which makes the conversation, I think, pretty interesting because then, yeah, you look at the, the division, you look at opponents, you look at strength of schedule, but then you look at the two quarterbacks, you look at the talent around them. I mean, that Jets team, if Aaron Rodgers is there last year, there's no telling what they could have done. You know right, what I mean? But now you add Delvin Cook and you add exactly. some guys to the mix. So They're you wonder better. if if roster can supersede schedule because of the talent in the room. We can kick it around and keep talking about it after the break. We got to get to one. We're running late for one. So we're going to get a break in here. When we come back from that, we got more for you. Uh, 713-780-3776 to call or text. Otherwise, hit us up on Twitch and Twitter. We're going to also give away some U of H tickets here real quick, too. It is the whatever you want to call us until the end of the show on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. ESPN 975.com Fighter of the Night Man. One is screaming, he's so happy. The other screaming, a passionate shout, it's the Nightman. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios. While Paul is nursing a hangover in Vegas, his show is being masterfully managed and curated by the best man for the job. It's the Paul Gallant Show, starring Joel Blank. Well, thank you, Spence. I don't have the animosity towards you that my co-host on The Killer Bees does. I was going to say, I don't have what? Oh, Jeremy went no, you don't. hard at Spence. Because what? There's um, Killer Bees, which I know you're not a fan of. Uh... I'm just not a fan of bees. Spencer, right. Not I love the y'all show. Not a fan of right, actual right, bees. Right. Right. And then and I remember that from the many episodes we've had with you with run-ins with bees. Ugh. But Spencer has a rejoin that basically says killer bees are Africanized bees, and we know that there's nothing Africanized <laughs> about these two. To which Jeremy takes offense and says he is five percent Mexican, I believe. So he always makes that a deal. So then they does got. Not, does Jeremy not know that Mexico and Africa not only are one a continent and one's a country, but they're pretty much on opposite sides of the world? It's irrelevant to the conversation. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, but for the most part, Jeremy makes that a deal. So then Spence got tipped off that Jeremy was kind of getting a little snarky with him. So then he, he took another shot at, over the bow at, I guess, both of us, but really directed at Jeremy. To which Jeremy said, you know what, Spence, I got another bone to pick with you, and we I'm, I'm coming at you when I see you because, oh, by the way, I was just looking it up. You have one more touchdown in the NFL than me and Joel combined. 
It's like, oh, we did that, did we? <laughs> well, well, well. We just took it up another notch. Wow. And, and the best part is that the college football season, they just announced like the He's doing U of H games? Yes, the broadcast uh, crews for some of the games. I think it's the TCU U of H game. Are they the working first game, together? The first Big 12 game. They're both going to be in the same press They're, box, same building. Oh. Spence is calling it for Fox and uh, – Branham's also going to be. Well, Branham there. said he talked oh. to, him, but he had talked to him during Texas training camp too. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think this was before this little exchange. But that should make it more interesting, especially if somehow, some way, and I don't know how that could ever happen. Someone got the audio, Frank, that uh, Jeremy said that Spencer has one more touchdown than either one of wow. us in the NFL, and it happened with the Oilers. Yeah. Speaking of U of H, hey, for, we we're getting ready for college football season, and we know that the U of H is joining the Big 12, and Dana and his crew are ready to go. Jeremy will be trotting around on the sidelines. UTSA is going to be here next week on to take, next weekend to take on the Cougs. First season in the Big 12. In honor of the Big 12, we're going to take caller number 12 at 1145 so that everybody has a chance to win. At 1145, straight up, caller number 12, 713-780-3776. You get a pair of tickets. To see the University of Houston game Saturday, September 2nd against UTSA. And by the way, that was a hell of a game last year. UTSA can play, people. You can also get family four-packs if you don't win the tickets. Four tickets for hot dogs, chips, sodas, just 60 bucks. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS to get your tickets today. Tickets starting as low as just 20 bucks. And as Jeremy would say, go Cougs. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. It's all professional. Though. Well, that was good. That was you want to try it? <clears throat> no, I'm okay. okay. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I had mentioned win totals, uh, and I said that the uh, the Packers had a win total, well, an over-under win total of seven and a half, mm-hmm. and that the um, the uh, uh, Jags had a nine and a half over-under win total. You, The Texans have a win total, and this shocked me. But they're they're over and they're they're predicted over under win total by Vegas is six and a half. That just seems high to me. But there's a, a grouping of teams with them that I was you know I mean you tell me what you think of this list. But other teams that have an over under win total of six and a half include the Raiders, the Colts, the Rams, the Commanders, obviously the Texans, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who, by the way, just named their starting yeah. uh, quarterback. Uh, it's going to be uh, Baker. Uh, Baker Mayfield. It's yeah, big time. So, so give me the under on that. Uh, thoughts? Com- Commander, it's interesting. I-, I think the Rams are definitely on a downward swing. I think that Stafford is about done. I think that Cooper Cup and all those guys, excuse me, there's not a lot of help. They won a Super Bowl. They, they, they sold out. They gave up all their draft picks, and now they're reaping the, the benefits of winning it, but now the after effects. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, they, you would have traded that though, right? Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna go back and rewrite history and say it was well, a bad all, move. But, you know, Super Bowls are so hard to get to and so few yeah. and far between. If you have a chance to go all out and win it, I don't think anybody punished the Miami Marlins for the fact that they went <laughs> sold sold the farm, won a World Series, reaped the benefits, and then sold everybody off, and then did it again. They, yeah, they, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold that against the Rams. That's for sure. If that's that, Commanders are interesting with Sam Howell. I think that they've got skill position players. I think their defense and their defensive line specifically has talent. 
but you're putting the ball in the hands of a guy his first year as the full-time starter. And as much as we say he's not a rookie, but still, we know how first-time and rookie quarterbacks do, with the exception of a guy like Purdy in, in, in Niners with Shanahan and everybody holding his hand throughout the process and, and kind of governing everything he does. That in itself tells me that the commanders are not going to be good. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning. And I was looking at win totals from last year to kind of compare that because the Raiders were on that list. They had six wins last year. Obviously, we know what the Texans did with three. Colts are on the list. They won four last year. It could be kind of interesting. It's it's a but it's, this this goes back to the black cloud that I keep talking about that I'm so fearful of. When you look at most Vegas odds across the board, mm-hmm. the odds are that the two worst teams in football are the Cardinals and the Texans. If you, no matter how much Nick Casario was believing that he was putting together a rebuild and, and they were going to be winners, I don't think in your heart of hearts, if you were being real with yourself, could you have imagined that this was going to be the year that they start really winning football games? I, I think you kind of hope they didn't. You I don't know? think they did. I don't think that maybe maybe this was Cal and, 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 and Hannah. Maybe this was pressure from the fan base, but it shouldn't have been. As much as I said embrace the suck for the first two years to make sure you maximize the picks and get everything that you need to get, maybe you didn't have to embrace the suck completely, but you still had to be – well, I could say something that would not be right now. So I, 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 I love say you, Barry. It. That's why I won't do it. But no, because – that was the way we used to do it. Oh. But but I think it, <laughs> yeah, whether you embrace the suck or not, you still have to be open to the possibility that you are evaluating your team on a lot of different ways other than wins and losses. To give up your first-round pick while you being realistic with yourself, no, as much as we're stockpiling some young talent, we're not there yet. Yeah. You don't want to sit there at the end of the year when you truly can you know evaluate the trade and go, we could have had another top – you know, like when we gave away the Miami pick for Tunsil and then sucked. That was yeah. one thing. But that was but you my, had a you had a different roster this yeah. time around. You didn't. You, I mean, and look, you're still competing though, right? And you would have been competing with some pretty bad teams. The Colts won one more game than the Texans did last year, and they have the same expected win total this year, even with Anthony Richardson in the building now. Which now there's questions about his accuracy and. That remains to be seen. We know that he's got you know all the athletic gifts in the world. Can he put it all together? But like you said, in, in Washington, um, you know, the Raiders, I can't figure out. They always look like they're going to be good, and now they're not. They won. So the Rams, are, like you said, could be falling off. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could, be, could end up worse than the Texans, even if the Texans aren't good. Yeah, they could. But I think in most of those cases, there's still enough veteran talent in the building to where you would think that the Texans are trying to get to that level. Yeah, I, so I, would, I would agree with that's that. That's why I like the aggressiveness of Nick Casario. I'm not trying to poo-poo on either CJ or on Will Anderson. But when it comes down to it, if the rest of your roster wasn't capable of, like, as much as progress as are going to show, wasn't capable of putting together wins yet, I wouldn't have given away my first-round pick because, look, if CJ Stroud throws – shows the potential we think he's going to show. He played with Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. If you could add him to the mix when we know the receiver room is less than, mm-hmm. you're better. Mm-hmm. If C.J. Stroud didn't turn out, you could go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or another quarterback. Or you could get more resources and more guys that are worthy of a top-five pick. That's why it's going to bother me so much all year, and that's why you really have to be hyper-hopeful that they do win more than six games and that they do get the most out of C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Uh, I'm, I think a lot of people think I wouldn't be rooting for that just because of how critical I've been of this team. 
but I, I you know what? I, I don't want to see the Texans be bad. That's where all the anger and the angst comes from because I want this team to be good. I want them to do good, and I want them to win. And, then, you know, I, you should always want your team to win, but it's like you said, it's kind of a catch-22. Based on the moves they made, I, they need to see some success. But at the same time, you know, they're still going to have draft picks in other rounds, and they still have a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn. At the end of the day, I want them to win. Yeah, that's the thing. But I want there's to, so many I want things to that are positive about they yeah. got the right coach yeah. now. They yeah. got young players. They're building something here. But that's it. Now you've suddenly pressed the fast-forward button on the on the, the building of something and put pressure on them that I don't think they needed. Yeah. And you did it with your general manager in a move that he made on draft day. So we'll see what happens. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with a whole lot more. Keep moving it along. Oh, we can continue to talk Texans. we still got Astros to talk about. Rocket's going to talk. Vernon's running late. He might have to call in instead of being in studio. But Vernon Maxwell will join us at a certain point. So stay right here with us, whatever you're calling us to show. We're having a good time. ESPN 97.5.925 FM. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Insert random audio clip now. Mr. Campbell, send out a amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? And the chair has done the amendment. Members adopt it. Welcome back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios on the Paul Gallant Show with Joel Blank. Hmm. I guess that makes it the Joel Blank Show. So welcome back to that. <laughs> that brings back some memories. Because when this whole thing started, Joe Blank Show. way back when, before it was the usual suspects. Yeah, it was the Joe Blank Show. Until, and rightly so, you and Nicholas yeah. decided at a certain point, if this is what we were going with, we probably should give more ado to <laughs> the two of you. And I was open to that. And then you were. You came up with the name, well, based on something that I a phrase that I, was I had say, used. Credit where credit times. is due. You had said it during a show where, and it was, I think the show maybe right before the decision was made, and you said something about it's Barry, Joel, and Nick. The usual suspects will be back right after this, but that wasn't the name of the show yet. That's right. And then a couple of days later is when they made you know they let us know that we were that I had won. I guess the. Whatever you that were was, selected. I was okay. Yeah, I was chosen. Yep, the chosen picked, one. There you selected, go. Uh, and then they were like, "We need a name of a show," and I threw that out because when you said that, I thought, "Oh, that's that's a show name right there." Now and taking it, it to the next so level, so you get credit, I get credit, and, yep. and Nick and Nick came on for the ride. Nick was, I uh, was there. We love you, Nick. It's always Barry that picks on you. Yes, always. Uh, of course, horns up. But the the thing is. When you not look at horns, that, too. Not plural. It was only one horn. I know, but he's you make it this seem he's like I'm unicorn. talking about Nick's horn. I'm just nope, saying he's horns a, up. He's a Sean Mapes is a, is a longhorn. He's got his horns up. <laughs> um, now, if you were lucky enough to be a fan from back in the day, if you still have one of the shirts, which was derived <clears throat> from the name The Usual Suspects yeah. and the fact that we talked about when we had the number one show in the city. Uh, we what? we uh, we Sorry, talked what? about what? finally being able to get our own T-shirts because we knew that John and Lance, yeah. the OGs, had them. And we came up with, from the movie, The Usual Suspects, the police lineup. Yeah. If you have one of those, you should tweet us a picture of it. Yeah, you should. Lisa still wears hers. Does she? Yeah. She wears it around the... It's like one of her sleep shirts, and she wears it around the house a lot. And I remember when Taylor was young, that she would actually literally call out Daddy, Nick, and Barry. Oh, nice. And that all ended last night when I told her that you were very anti-kids and and, and were killing kids. Okay. Killing kids? Why would you say you like, that? That's 
That's phrasing, Joel. Words matter. You can't say I was killing kids. Verbally annihilating children. That's way Sean, different than I believe you can justify kids. this. And okay, I'm he not said, denying that, but okay, you can't well, there you say, go. oh, Uncle Barry was killing kids. Well, no wonder she doesn't like me. What? Uncle HPD was at the door if you were actually killing kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you weren't actually killing them, but you were doing Crazy. enough that I had to tell Taylor that Uncle Barry had turned on her a little bit, had some things to say. I said she gets a pass. There was like three kids. It was anti-kid rhetoric. Thank you, Sean. Not all the, the way. voice of reason. He was killing them with verbally killing them. With my lyrics. And because Daddy taught Taylor battle. well, yeah. Taylor's final response was, Daddy, oh. you tell Barry today, my birthday's tomorrow. If he doesn't make <gasps> it a good one, we got a problem. Today's our birthday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow Happy birthday to my baby. Yeah. My, 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 my firstborn. Taylor Blank. It's turned. my dad's birthday. Well, would have been. Yeah. R.I.P. to your so father. So selfish. That was, that was tough. When died. How do you not make it to your birthday? How are you going to be that selfish and just up and die and then make it awkward? Because that's the thing. My, it's like, pop. Both, both my mom and my, my dad did it. Right before their birthday? My dad did it so a selfish. month before his, and my mom did it a week before. I believe really it, yeah, real close or close but yeah so my dad passed august 4th and his birthday is tomorrow august 26th so what was that your dad and my daughter august 26th yeah how about that 12 22 days they're separated they were separated by no oh. 22 days from his death to his birthday he could have yeah. just saying he could have held out no he could have waited it was just selfish well taylor's just tomorrow so happy birthday yes, to taylor happy birthday, and Tay. uncle barry better make it a good one Ah, uh, man i got <clears throat> what am i sending to the house i don't know why i guess i have a pool installed or you got i don't know kids gotta learn by the way trample in ground trampoline we're having a we're having a, a, a party house. for the kids no you okay. stay your big ass out of the bouncy house one Joel. slime <laughs> is a big thing Oh, is it? Yeah, and so one thing it's annoying when they when Lisa or the or grandma or someone sends them, it's like play doh containers, but it's literally just slime with sparkles in it and all these Ugh. different things. And I'm like, that's gonna get all over the place. Yeah, and they're like, no, Dad, doesn't stick to anything. And then all of a sudden, it's on the table and whatever. So she's having a sp- split party where they first will make and play with their own slime. And then they will have swimming and a swimming party for the second hour, hour and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd switch the order. It's been a point of contention, by the way. Why? I don't want. I don't want all the slime and the nastiness and the disgust. And then you get in the pool. But you got to. But I mean, when you get ready to go in the pool, they clean. They have to clean. You clean up and do all those things. Everybody showering. I mean, I I think so. <laughs> oh, I hope so. But at the same time, the discussion was: Do you have the kids go in the pool? You have to limit their time, and then when they're done, if they if they forgot their change of clothes or whatever, are they going to be all wet to have to sit through the second half of the party with the cake and the pizza? That's their fault. And the go slime. Home. Go home. On the flip side, if you do all that up at front, and then they go to the pool, they said they can stay in the pool as long as they want, even though the party's over. That they want to stay, they can stay. See, that's not good. And then when they leave, they just Is leave. It? They don't have to worry about sitting around for cake and ice cream. See, me, I would have been, I would have used strategy, and because I don't want them kids at the house, so I would have actually done the opposite. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, little Johnny, that it's all cold and you're all wet and damp. Maybe you should call your mom and dad and have them come get you early, and then before you know it, you just save yourself three hours of kids in the house, and then take and still have all the fun. She's there. Okay. 
American Girl Dolls. Apparently she said, agree there's something me. that you should really take note of. American Girl Doll. Yeah, I had to kind of tell her. Am I going like, to be on the watch list if I Google me, this? And I was like, just talk to Lisa because this isn't my thing. But they're like, what does Taylor want? And Taylor says jewelry. I go, babe. Oh, stop. Wow. Taylor like, says jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor said a tennis bracelet. Okay, yeah. Sure she did. She sure. starts writing this list out. She wants and, a BMW. Oh, oh Lisa, yeah, I bet. <laughs> Lisa comes running right in and goes, honey, 20 to $25 max. We're not talking about jewelry. This is what you're going to learn right now. I was like, yeah, Tay, it's just parents and kids coming to your birthday. It's not what well, you're going to drill mom, dad, and grandma for. These dolls are three. Uh, Joel, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, I, I know don't what have you a, said. I don't have a real job. I know what you said, and she does too. And so she said, in order to make it right in the world with her, take these, note. These dolls are so expensive. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Break's coming this is because Barry's, Barry's got to analyze the American like the market Charlie for Palillo? American Girl dolls right now. No. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Tay. I love you, but no. Well, then it's jewelry. I That's a, that's like <laughs> half a water bill. It's jewelry. <laughs> it's jewelry. And jewelry it is. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> We call you know, it Clyde's Tiff- Fine t- Jewelry. Yeah, Tiffany still has charm Cheap Diamonds right? are cheaper yeah, than go. these American dolls. Oh, you know, because right now they're featuring those AI-made diamonds where they, they uh, or... Uh, Is that a thing? I think not just called I heard the Zirconians. No. I like that they just renamed them like, oh, these no, are AI-generated. Yeah, it's I like... I think it's lab diamonds. That's lab, called lab a crystal. Diamonds. Yeah, lab that's called diamonds. a crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know a prism when I see one, okay? that That's when Gary... Uh, Gary over here used to turn uh, coal into a diamond by just sticking it. Anyway, two in the books, one to go. Final hour of the show coming up next. Vernon Maxwell expected to call in at some point if he can't make it into the studio. Running late. Uh, had a little delay Hopefully with his airplane. But uh, we'll continue to talk all things Houston sports and more. Join us, won't you? It's the usual suspects, otherwise known as the Ball Galant Show. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. All systems go. Houston is all systems go. 